Right on radio. Right on radio. Again, I thank you for this opportunity. And again, my conjecture is and remains JFK was not assassinated on November 22nd, 1963. What was proven on November 22nd, 1963, at that time, was the legal definition of conspiracy, the attempt to assassinate the President of the United States of America. This is now part two of this multi-part series. And as I prepared this PowerPoint called President John F. Kennedy Assassination Attempt November 22nd, 1963, to assist with this further deep dive, including applicable visual, photo, video clips to accompany my remarks even deeper than my previous remarks. Ready to continue? And again, as we proceed, I wanna hear your, your audience's questions, comments, aha moments along the way to make sure I've already addressed a question later in the series and to pulse where you are as well, particularly your aha moments, okay? Oh, it's going to be very interesting at all the twists, turns, and where we end up. Surprises and aha moments all along the way. So we will now go to part two of the PowerPoint to continue our journey. Okay, so now I wanna start again with this first video, JFK Truth, the Mob, the CIA, and the Eight Paid Assassins, YouTube, publication date, May 11, 2017. It's an hour and 25 minutes and six seconds long, but I'm gonna only show you persons when I, that I first became aware of on Thursday, September 30th, 2021, published by British producer, Francis R. Connolly. The American people know, are well aware, the Warren Commission was a manipulative deception, false narrative, lie to the American people. A very valid point British producer Francis R. Connolly makes in his documentaries, and of which I totally agree and very much question myself, is this. I will now play accordingly the applicable section. From 114.36 to 114.55. Learned, and how best we can use this new understanding about the West's secret history to evaluate what is really going on in our world right now. To begin with, let's answer a couple of questions which have perplexed many people over the years. A great many researchers and historians have wondered why the Kennedy family themselves almost seem to be aiding and abetting the cover-up by choosing to be so quiet about the assassination itself. After the revelations of Chuck Jing, So why was, did the Kennedy family themselves almost seem to be aiding and abetting the cover-up by choosing to be so quiet about the assassination itself? 
And to this day, as President Biden himself, just like President Trump, has yet again delayed the release of the JFK assassination files. So other than the fact that there was no assassination, perhaps. But with that said, there indeed was an assassination attempt. And for the reasons Connolly provides, I do not agree. And for those that want to watch for themselves later, the reasons he provides may play a partial role indeed, but not the main reason. And as stated previously, I do not agree with Connolly's conclusion on who the chief coordinator for the JFK assassination attempt really was, but more on that in a bit. I remark on all this extensively during my previous remarks, which now leads to this next video, JFK Revisited Through the Looking Glass by Oliver Stone. Originally premiered on July 12, 2021 at the 2021 Keynes Film Festival, it was first available in the United States on November 12, 2021 on video on demand, then televised on Showtime on November 22, 2021. That's where I first watched it on November 28, 2021. On November 26, 2021, it was supposedly released in the UK and in Ireland. Yet another British and Irish connection. Overall, it's very interesting to include that Whoopi Goldberg and Donald Sutherland, a Canadian, are narrators and featured comments with and by RFK Jr. himself. Hmm, I'm not sure of the timeline of the production of this JFK Revisited, but earlier on in the, the film, it references 55 years later. So maybe in the 2018 timeframe it was produced, but not released until 2021, about three years later. At approximately 12 minutes into this film, during the 1975, 1976, and that would have been after Watergate and after Nixon resignation of the House Select Committee on Assassinations, HSCA, Richard Prayer, an HSCA committee member, states that, quote, the Pentagon has destroyed its Kennedy assassination files, and we don't know why that was done, end quote. Furthermore, according to this film, what the HSCA investigation learned was too damaging to be made public, that records were to remain sealed until 2029. So now I'm going to play this pertinent and applicable portion of this video for you to hear for yourself. This is from 1207 to 1230. The Pentagon has destroyed its Kennedy assassination file. And we don't know why that was done. But at the end of that investigation, what the HSCA learned was considered too damaging to be made public and close to a half million records were to remain sealed until 2029. The fact that we so again, what could be so damaging to be made public? Seems to me it would be because JFK, the president himself, 
was not assassinated. The question I have is, then when were the Pentagon's Kennedy assassination Pentagon files destroyed? Obviously, sometime between November 22nd, 1963, and prior to this 1975-1976 HSCA. As a result of this HSCA, a congressional investigation from 1976 to 1979 found a, prob a probable conspiracy in the assassination of John F. Kennedy and recommended the Justice Department investigate further. As of 1991, the Justice Department has done nothing. The files of the House Select Committee on Assassinations are locked away until the year 2029." End quote. Now I will play from 1231 to 1353. We made clear at the conclusion to our 1991 film, JFK. The media controversy that accompanied the film forced, forced Congress to do something about the secrecy that still surrounded these classified files. Hearings were held on Capitol Hill. Most Americans did not believe or support the verdict of the Warren Commission initially, and now more than three in four this act provided funding and formed the Assassination Records Review Board, the ARRB. The public wasn't going to have to wait until 2029. Declassification was to begin now. The board was given a budget and timeline of four years to declassify and make public as many documents and records as possible. They managed to collect over two million pages of declassified records and artifacts. They are all housed at the National Archives in Maryland. And since then, the public has been free to view, study, and investigate. Okay. So this 2021 Oliver Stone film depicts that his 1991 JFK film, JFK, The Story That Won't Go Away, as the supposed catalyst for Congress passing the 1992 JFK Assassination Records Collection Act to expedite the identification and declassification of JFK assassination records and to create the Assassination Records Review Board the AARB versus the Accountability Review Board, ARB, in 1994, which remained in existence until the fall of 1998. Wait a minute, when? The fall of 1998? When was the East Africa U.S. Embassy bombings? August 7, 1998. The fall of 1998? When did John F. Kennedy Jr. attend the long wedding weekend of CNN Christian Amanpour and the State Department spokesman Jamie Rubin, August 7 through August 9, 1998, as according to the August 10, 1998 Washington Post article by William Drozdiak called the ultimate joint statement? The fall of 1998? And all this is really just a coincidence, really? Or is it all interlinked and interconnected? You know which way I'm leaning. So needless to say, 
watching this entire Oliver Stone JFK revisited in its entirety, not once, not twice, but over three times now, my previous remarks since March 2021 regarding and questioning the JFK assassination have not changed and remain as I've stated, including my conjecture is and remains that JFK was not assassinated, instead a body double was. And who was JFK's body double? Dallas police officer J.D. Tippett. The only real murder, real assassination that occurred that day. And in regards to the November 22nd, 1963, President of the United States of America assassination attempt. But first I wanna highlight this pattern, the destruction of applicable JFK assassination records. Again, at approximately 12 minutes into this Oliver Stone film, during the 1975-1976 of the House Select Committee on Assassinations, Richard Pryor, an HSCA committee member, stated that, quote, the Pentagon has destroyed its Kennedy assassination files, and we don't know why this was done, end quote. Later in this film, the destruction of such files by the U.S. Treasury United States Secret Service, while throughout this film documenting example after example after example, falsified documents, falsified evidence, obstruction over and over and over again. And now I will play from one hour, 22 minutes to one hour, 23, 17. What it is. In late 1992, a month after the Records Act was passed, the Secret Service began its compliance plan. But by January of 1995, it had begun destroying important documents. The destruction of Records is actually referenced in the uh, assassination record review board final report. A very, um, very, very disappointing. disappointing. Uh, they, uh, they were records, records related to trips that President Kennedy had taken uh, in, uh, in the fall of 1963 prior to him going to Dallas. There were many, many threats made to President Kennedy's life during the year 1963. They're called threat sheets. And the Secret Service fought us on the release of those records. They even enlisted Vice President Gore's wife to help them because she had a very legitimate concern for mental health records. And the idea was that this might disclose the names of people who had mental health problems. In the end, when we required agencies to disclose, to swear under oath that they had located all assassination records and turned everything over to us, the Secret Service refused to sign the document under oath. I think that was telling. Now let's go back to the May 14, 2022 new look at the Zabruder film and assassination of JFK by Jay Widener and Ryder Lee.
I will play from 116.14 to 118.39. And uh, really interesting that I wanted to bring up and uh, get your thought on thoughts on that. That virtually no one knows about Jay, and this was uh, told to me by my friend uh, KJ Scoops, and she gave me the permission to disclose this information here tonight. And uh, no one has ever really heard this information before, unless you were uh, listening to a police scanner and lived in Boston at the time. So, if you can think back to April fifteenth, two thousand and thirteen, during the, the Boston, Boston Marathon bombings. Uh, the uh, mainstream the narrative, narrative was, was that uh, two, two terrorists, terrorists put together, put together homemade pressure cooker bombs. I'm sure you're familiar, everyone's familiar, familiar with the story. And they, uh, and they detonated uh, them during the race, you know, close, close to the finish to the line, finish killing a few people, few people and injured, injured many others, a lot of people lost their lives and stuff. You know, God love their soul. But those were the only bombs that went off. There was a third, but... The, the, the two, the two that, everyone that everyone knows about, knows about that went off, my, my friend, friend uh, KJ, KJ worked at an elite uh, law firm in downtown Boston, Boston and turned, and turned on, on the police scanner, scanner when she, she, heard she heard about the, the, the two, two explosions. explosions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, there was, was uh, about, about three, three miles, miles from, from the uh, marathon's finish line, another, another explosion, another explosion happened, and that was at the JFK Memorial Library. And was, was in, in the, the archives, archives department. And she specifically heard this on the, uh, the, the police scanner that there was an explosion at the JFK Memorial Library, specifically happened in the archives department. You know? And it's very difficult to, to find this information online. There's a few, uh, few articles about it on If you uh, Google it, you put in uh, explosion at JFK Memorial Library. And there's like a few articles that um, uh, that describe this event. And they they play it down like it, it didn't, you know, really happen. That it was like a false alarm. And uh, and I thought that that was very interesting. And it's quite possible that the, the, the that the Boston bombing was a distraction to eliminate the archives department at the JFK Memorial Library because. Wow, about the Boston Marathon bombing, but more importantly, the insight, the possibility of the JFK library explosion in the archive department to destroy even more JFK assassination related files, evidence. Had you heard about this before? I had not. So I did a little more research and found a few press clips but of particular interest are President Barack Obama's statements, which kind of adds credibility to all this possibility. And given it was the Kennedy dynasty, God, dynasty itself, particularly Senator Ted Kennedy and Caroline Kennedy, that put their weight behind Obama over Hillary, resulting in Obama becoming president to begin with, I would like to now share this article that I did find.
According to HuffPost.com, JFK Library, Boston Police investigating blasts connection to marathon incidents dated April 15, 2013. At the White House, President Barack Obama vowed that those responsible will feel the full weight of justice. We'll st we still don't know who did this and why, Obama said, adding, make no mistake, we will get to the bottom of all this. Wow. So I wonder if even more JFK assassination-related fouls were destroyed and the Boston Marathon bombing incident was just cover for that. And of course, the supposed U.S. Navy Office of Naval Intelligence JFK assassination fouls that were supposedly completely destroyed on September 11, 2001, 9-11, at the Pentagon, where the U.S. Navy of Office of National Naval Intelligence and these supposed JFK-related assassination fouls were supposedly relocated in a temporary office within the Pentagon while the permanent office was having work done. Wow, what an incredible coincidence just like Rumsfeld on September 10, 2001, regarding the missing unaccounted for $2.3 trillion and the next day, 9-11, the Army accounting section being taken out, also at the Pentagon. This U.S. Navy Temporary Office of Naval Intelligence relocation was then shot into with a missile from a U.S. military helicopter a U.S. Navy, U.S. Marine Corps helicopter even, given my previous conjectures in the previous part one. Now, even with speculation shot from a U.S. Naval vessel into the section of the Pentagon located in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Arlington, versus the Washington, D.C. zip code portion of the Pentagon. And poof, all the U.S. Navy Office of Naval Intelligence JFK-related assassination fouls are gone. Wow, right? What an incredible coincidence. Things are going to get even more interesting. Are you ready to proceed with part three? Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio. Again, I thank you for this opportunity. And again, my conjecture is and remains, JFK was not assassinated on November 22nd, 1963. What was proven on November 22nd, 1963, at that time, was the legal definition of conspiracy, the attempt to assassinate the President of the United States of America. This is now part three of this multi-part series. As I prepared this PowerPoint called President John F. Kennedy Assassination Attempt, November 22, 1963, to assist with this further deep dive, including applicable visual photo, video clips to accompany my remarks, even deeper than my previous remarks. Ready to continue? And again, as we proceed, I want to hear your, your audiences, your questions and comments, aha moments along the way to make sure I've already addressed the question later in the series 
and to pulse where you are as well, particularly your aha moments, okay? Oh, it's going to be very interesting. All the twists and turns and where we end up, surprises and aha moments all along the way. So we will now go to part three of the PowerPoint to continue our journey. Okay, so now I wanna start again with this video, JFK Revisited Through the Looking Glass by Oliver Stone that I originally that originally premiered on July 12th, 2021 at the 2021 Cannes Film Festival and was first available in the United States on November 12th, 2021. I first watched it on November 28, 2021. I will now play this video, portions thereof, so you can see as well. We will pay we will pay from 1 hour 34 minutes 53 seconds to 1 hour 35 minutes 10 seconds. Something very, very alarming. He tells the French ambassador, President Kennedy, that I'm not in full control, though, of my entire government. I'm not in control of the CIA. And I can't speak for what's happening there. That's a stunning admission for a U.S. president to make. So in April... 1961 timeframe, President Kennedy supposedly told the French ambassador, quote, I'm not in full control of my entire government. I'm not in control of the CIA, end quote. Now, when was JFK sworn in as the president of the United States? January 20th, 1961. And this comment was supposedly made less than three, four months later, April of 1961. So now I'll play another portion. This is going to be from one thirty eight to one thirty eight twenty three. And actually, Jack Kennedy does move to decapitate the top of the CIA. He lets it be known that Alan Dulles, as well as the two top advisors, Richard Bissell, who was also very involved with the Bay of Pigs, and General Cabell, who was uh, the right-hand man to Alan Dulles. So the top three people in the CIA, Kennedy forces about before the end of the year. Okay, so later in the year, that year, supposedly 1961, right? President Kennedy fired CIA Alan Dulles, his two deputies, Richard Basil and General Charles Cabal. Well, now that, let's do a little deeper dive into that statement because it's not completely accurate. And to me, at least one point of clarification is rather significant. Supposedly fired. Okay, I can understand saving face, but wow, given what was supposedly carried out by and including lying to the President of the United States, 
My sourcing is their applicable Wikipedia pages, internet accessed um, on Friday, starting on Friday, August 5th, 2022. First, CIA Ellen Dulles fired, supposedly handed in a resignation letter effective November 29, 1961. Okay, that works for later in the year, in the same year, but doesn't really support being fired and given he was presented an award the day before. Then look at this. This will be significant in the timeline of events when we further discuss Watergate and my related conjectures. Alan Dulles supposedly died on January 29, 1969. Next, Dulles Deputy Richard Beasel fired, resigned, the next year, not the same year, February 7, 1962, and supposedly died February 7, 1994. Okay. So now this one I found very, very interesting. Dulles Deputy Charles Cabell, U.S. Air Force General, CIA Deputy Director and brother of Mayor of Dallas at the time of the JFK assassination attempt in Dallas on November 22, 1963. Fired, hmm, forced to resign on January 31, 1962. Okay, so this I find of extreme significance. And again, this will be significant in the timeline of events and my conjectures regarding Watergate. Kabul supposedly died on May 25th, 1971. Supposedly died at a medical exam where? At Joint Base Meyer Henderson Hall. Wow, did you know this? that Kabul supposedly died during a medical exam at a U.S. military installation. Huh. Now that is very, very interesting. And we'll come back to this shortly. Where were the conspirators of the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln hung at a nearby facility that would become Fort McNair, part of the now very same U.S. military installation as Joint Base Meyer Henderson Hall. So were you aware of this, of this linkage, link, linkage connection? Given my previous remarks regarding John Wilkes Booth and this applicable British connection, and now this linkage as well. So now given my conjectures of that assassination, President Abraham Lincoln's assassination, as well as given my conjecture as to who a chief coordinator of JFK's assassination attempt was, Huh. And given my recent podcast with Christy Tasker 
of Patriots Perspective of Wednesday, August 17, 2022, to include regarding the same Fort Myer, Joint Base Meyer-Henderson Hall connections to 9-11, which by the way, with close proximity to Arlington National Cemetery, seeing any connections, interlinkages, patterns here? I would like to now go back to the Oliver Stone JFK Revisited. to show a clip, which is actually a scene from Oliver Stone's 1991 JFK, the catalyst for the congressional assassination hearings, which by the way, this JFK 1991 was produced by with Arnon Milken, a supposed Israeli intelligence Mossad operative arms dealer, which then leads to Khashoggi, Carlos the Jackal, a rabbit hole, so many rabbit holes we can go down at another time. But now I'm going to play this from 129.45 to 130.15. That's a real question, isn't it? Why? The how and who? Just scenery, public, public. Oswald, Rue, Cuba, Cuba, Mafia, Mafia. Keeps them guessing. Keeps them guessing. Kind of politics. the last few months. What? Why? Why was Kennedy killed? Who benefited? Who has the most to put by So again, to highlight, is that why? Now that's a real question, isn't it? Why? The how and the who is just scenery for the public. Prevents from asking the most important question. Why? Who benefited? Who has the power to cover it up? Who? End quote. Now, given my personal linkage to the August 7, 1998 East African Embassy bombings, I want to focus on that, that aspect. Also realizing with such things as this, and that, as I've described previously, just like pulling the proverbial right string in an audit, the entire sweater unravels. Once you have a camel's nose under the tent, this small, seemingly innocuous detail opens the door for the larger, clearly nefarious actions by players to be exposed, actual names of players revealed, with direct linkages by connecting the dots, the right dots, so what I call the one long continuum. So next, I will pay, play this from one hour, 35 seconds, 35 minutes, 11 seconds. 
from 135.11 to 137.45. In 1960, the Congo had been granted its independence from Belgian colonial rule and carried out a democratic election. In the disorder of the transition, the Belgians, backed by England and France, sought to eliminate its charismatic prime minister, Patrice Lumumba. Eisenhower and CIA director Alan Dulles favored the European nation in this colonial conflict. Eisenhower gave the go-ahead to have Lumumba assassinated. Kennedy never knew this. He gets elected the following November of 1960, and he heads in the opposite direction. To those new states whom we welcome to the ranks of the free, we pledge our word that one form of colonial control shall not have passed away, merely to be replaced by a far more iron tyranny. But events are already in motion. With the backing of British and U.S. intelligence and arms, Colonel Joseph Mobutu's forces captured President Lumumba at the beginning of December 1960. Doug Hammarskjöld, UN Secretary General, calls JFK, uh, who's the president-elect at this point, and asks him to intercede to get Lumumba released from prison. When Kennedy intervenes to save Lumumba, that's a signal directly to the CIA that they have to dispatch this guy immediately. And so 48 hours before Kennedy takes the oath of office, Lumumba is delivered into the hands of his enemies. He's taken out and shot in the head. Kennedy doesn't know this until months later. Who finally tells him? The CIA? No, they still keep it a secret. He's informed by his UN ambassador, Adlai Stevenson. His face crumbles. He's holding his hand. He's grimacing in anguish hearing about the assassination of Patrice Lumumba. Within a very short period of time after the assassination, Hammarskjöld died in a mysterious plane crash. The photographs show his body as the, the only, only one not burned or charred, and he had a playing card, reportedly the ace of spades, stuffed into his shirt collar above the knot of the tie. There are controversial documents that indicate Alan Dulles was involved in the sabotage of the plane. Regarding JFK and very relative, relevant context to Africa, the past, but with significant impact to this day. Were you aware of any of this? Okay, so fast forward just recently in July, on July 13, 2022, to be exact, just recently becoming aware of it, I watched the entire documentary of the 2019 Cold Case Hammerskold documentary made by Danish director Mads Brugger and Swedish private investigator Goran uh, Jordahl. This documentary tries to solve the mysterious death of Dag Hammerskold. Over the course of their investigation, they discover a crime with even fur further reaching consequences. 
It's incredible the links that were made in this documentary. Can Kennedy, UN Secretary General Dog Hammarskjöld's plane crash death, September 18, 1961, August 1998. So many linkages past to present, current day, including potentially Fauci himself, HIV, AIDS, COVID, and again, realizing with such things as this, and as I've described previously, just like pulling the proverbial right string in an audit, the entire sweater, sweater unravels. And once you have the camel's nose under the tent, this small, seemingly innocuous detail opens the door for the larger exposure, their nefarious actions, and so once again, the players, the exact same players involved, the CIA, OSS, British, British intelligence, Germans, Nazis, linkages to these events covered and as documented in this documentary, and now linkages we've already made to the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln even. So given what JFK admits, who was really in control? My questions include who was Alan Dulles and others really working for? Who has the power to cover it up? Who, given my previous conjecture that OSS and still to this day is still operating as it really was never terminated, as it was always a British Churchill, not an American Truman construct to terminate. And particularly in light of my mention that on uh, with Jeff on Right On Radio during our Thursday, July 7, 2022 podcast, and look what happened the next day, the very next day, on Friday, July 8, 2022, the former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was assassinated. Given the role of OSS, its OSS intelligence, its pre-intelligence, given the attack on Pearl Harbor, another rabbit hole we can go down at a later time. And given that OSS was always a British construct, Prime Minister Winston Churchill's, my conjecture is and remains, that British Prime Minister Winston Churchill was a chief coordinator for the November 22nd, 1963 JFK assassination attempt. And as my conjecture is and remains, that JFK was not assassinated on November 22, 1963. JFK was not only alive, but very much involved in bringing to justice a chief coordinator, orchestrator, and accomplices for this, his, the President of the United States, very own assassination attempt. From British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, former British Prime Minister Winston Churchill dies on January 24th, 1965, in London, England. And just a coincidence, or something more, much more, particularly in its timing, so soon after the November 22nd, 1963 assassination attempt, particularly given the pattern of linkages to previous U.S. presidential actual assassinations. And are, are were there more, many more involved? More on that in a bit. So supposedly, Churchill suffered his final stroke on January 12th, 1965, and died 12 days later on the 24th, so the 70th anniversary of his own father's death. Now, interesting is that coincidence really an indicator to JFK's own father, Joseph Kennedy, who supposedly lied about his daughter being institutionalized 
and really she was being she was left behind in the UK to later become British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Even more interesting is that on April 9, 1963, U.S. President John F. Kennedy, acting under the authorization granted by an act of Congress, proclaimed Winston Churchill an honorary citizen of the United States, but Churchill was unable to attend the White House ceremony. So wait a minute, then Winston Churchill was an actual honorary U.S. citizen? at the time of the JFK assassination attempt of November 22nd, 1963, and at the time of Churchill's own death, and I put death in quotes, on January 24th, 1965. Now, isn't this interesting? So Churchill was considered an American citizen at the time of, in quotes, his death. Particularly interesting, given that Bill Clinton is supposedly Winston Churchill's illegitimate son and later became our U.S. president, our president even at the time of the August 7, 1998 embassy bombings. Guess Churchill's involvement in JFK's assassination attempt, and that supposedly of President FDR's assassination, changes the dynamic and perception of the real U.S.-British relations and dynamics at play here, doesn't it? particularly the British connection of John Wilkes Booth given the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. Abraham, wait a minute, like Abraham Bolden that JFK selected to be on his U.S. Secret Service protection? Now, was that selection by JFK, given his name being Abraham, given what all this was, is all really about, just a coincidence or some kind of messaging, coding, an indicator even, and going, going even further back with many of the opinion still to this day that the United States of America was never really independent, but was and continues to this day to be, remain in actuality, a British Commonwealth country. Well, maybe finally no longer with the recent passing of the British Queen Elizabeth II on September 8, 2022, which we can continue down that rabbit hole at another time. But all, all these are indicators of the real national security implications and real national security matters at play and at hand for our U.S. President, JFK, at that time and the time of the November 22, 1963 assassination attempt. So are you starting to see it now? from the lens of our U.S. president at that time, JFK, and as we now continue on to part four. Are you ready? Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio.